You are Locked On Angels, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, your 2018 Angel. Welcome to Locked On Angels. Keep it locked. Locked on. We're locked on, sir. Locked On Angels. What's up, everybody? How's it going? My name is Patrick Zajac, your host of Locked on Angels, minor league play-by-play broadcaster, first row rider of the emotional sports roller coaster that is Angels baseball. The Angels train keeps chugging right along as we get started this week, Monday morning, May 7th. Thank you guys for joining us as you guys do every single day, Monday through Friday. Angels day off today, so no baseball to get to later in the evening. But what we do get to chat about in today's episode, the series that was in Seattle. Monday also means studs and duds of the weekend, so we'll be sure to touch on that as well. But man... The Angels, a couple of bounces, a couple of inches away from a sweep on the road against the division rival, uh, the Mariners in Seattle. Saturday's game, I know, is a tough pill to swallow for a lot of us. Uh, As you guys know, I was there for all three games, made the last second decision on Friday, um, or I should say Thursday night after seeing that Albert Pujols didn't get hit number 3,000. Emily and I hopped online, got tickets. Uh, In the nosebleed section, we were in the upper deck, but it was last-second purchase, wasn't much available, uh, nor did I want to spend too much money, given that wasn't already planned for in the budget, what have you. But awesome that we got to be there. Albert Pujols gets hit number 3,000 Friday night. Uh, We also get to watch Shohei Otani bat and pitch in the same weekend. That was phenomenal. Mike Trout did obscenely Mike Trout things all weekend. We tried some fried grasshoppers. I mean, we had... The full Seattle experience. It rained in the middle of Saturday's game, so we got to see the roof retract uh, in the middle of play. I mean, it was one thing after another. We saw everything that you could want in a three-game series. I am overjoyed that we were able to make this trip happen. Um, It didn't look like just, you know, a a few weeks ago that we were going to. uh, made, Made it work in our plans. It was awesome. Definitely plan on going through the entire weekend with you guys uh, in today's episode. And like I said, studs and duds. Uh, A lot of duds from, you know, when you win two out of three, but still some duds to take care of, uh, including a dud that might preview a little bit of our Tuesday episode main focus that I want to talk about um, specifically just as a hint. I'll reveal it at the end of the episode, but talking the leadoff spot in the angel order and maybe some possible changes to make with uh, the way that things are constructed right now. But let's get right to it. Angels took care of business this weekend against the Seattle Mariners, taking two out of three ball games in Seattle. Awesome game from the get-go. First of all, Albert Pujols, 3,000 hits. Can we truly appreciate, I think... It was John Morosi on MLB Network that had a short three to four video posted that I saw on Twitter, I think from the MLB Network account. And it was talking about Albert Pujols' accomplishment and getting 3,000 hits and where he is at in this career. And I think we do, in this day and age where everything's at our fingertips, we also have so much access to the next big prospects, so much information. You know, every Tuesday we do a down on the farm report and whatnot, but... The next big thing is always at our fingertips. And I feel, especially with 
the youth in today's ball game uh, and in our league that we get to discuss every day. So many great players that are ages 25, 26 and younger. It's unreal. It's unparalleled, something we haven't seen before in any generation of Major League Baseball. But conversely, what that does is I feel that we fail to appreciate the great ones in our day and age. And I think we did that a little bit with Ichiro now at the end of his career and officially at the end of this, his career. I was bummed that he didn't get to play out this homestand. I would have loved to see him and Shohei Otani square off. But I think we've definitely done that with Albert Pujols, who's quietly, ever since Albert Pujols has put on an angel uniform, I feel like we've forgotten about him in the lores of greatness. You know, granted, yes, he has not been the same player that he has been since his St. Louis days, but this is a guy that since 2012, when Bryce Harper made his debut in his debut season, has more home runs than Bryce Harper. And I don't think, I think we forget a lot about that. Yes, the batting average hasn't been there. Pretty much toiled in the 240s to 260s uh, in an Angel uniform. It is what it is. But a guy who's still averaging right around 26 to 28 home runs a season, uh, right around 95 to 100 RBIs a season. And I know in this day and age, with all of the advanced statistics and analysis that we have at our hands to properly rate and evaluate ball players I still we all still look at home runs and RBIs at in a box score in, over the course of a game over the course of a season and still take into account coming through in those situations and Albert Pujols when there's a guy in scoring position or even nobody on base a guy that you fear can leave the yard and come up clutch because he truly is he's Albert Pujols it is what it is man and I feel honored that we were able to see it. I'm bummed, you know, a little bit as an Angel fan, not bummed that I got to see it, obviously, but bummed that it didn't happen in the home stadium because the feeling at Safeco Field, you know, when it happened, you just expected more of an uproar, in my opinion. And and yeah, the, I kudos to the Mariner crowd, gave them the standing ovation, but it's a little reserved. It's not their own guy. You know, yes, you're seeing baseball history, but at the same time, it's not your player. It's not from a, it's not from a fan's perspective. It's not your team's guy. And, and yes, there were a lot of Angel fans all throughout the weekend. Sunday was probably the most. I attribute that to Shohei Otani starting, but. It wasn't, it, it wasn't the same as it would have been in Angel Stadium. And while I feel lucky that I've gotten to experience it, there was a little slight disappointment in the sort of celebration aspect of it all. Yeah, the players and coaches for the Angels came out to greet him. Albert gives the tip of the helmet as well to the rest of the crowd, acknowledging and saying thank you and this and that. But it was different. It, it was different. And I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting, you know, a huge party surrounding it because, again, it was in Seattle on the road. Not your guy as a Seattle fan. I get that, but for a moment as special as that one was, Albert Pujols joining the 3,000 hit club, you know, to get 3,000 hits, you have to average, let's just say over the course of a 15-year career, 200 hits a year on average. That's just to play that long and at that high of level, 3,000 hits is one of the most special milestones that you can make in this game, and I think we lost a little bit of... uh, I don't really know what to call it. I don't I've this moment should have been bigger in my opinion and I don't feel we we brought it to the level to the height that it could have been and maybe that needed to be maybe Albert Pujols needed to be in a Cardinals uniform in order for that sort of thing to happen, you know, being with one team his whole entire career. Maybe the struggles that he's, you know, compiled in the last couple of years 
um, affected that, and they certainly did. He's, he's fallen out of the public eye. We've had new and shiny toys like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and Corey Seager and, you know, all the young guns that are coming through in today's game, but I, I'm happy. At the end of the day, I'm happy that I was there to witness it, man. It was a special moment, something that I'll tell my future kids and grandkids about, that I was there for Albert Pujols' 3,000th home run. Awesome moment. Um, and otherwise... The game mostly a laugh for Garrett Richards was phenomenal back on Friday night. What ended up being a 5-0 victory for the Halos. Saturday's game is the one that I know uh, in interacting with you guys on Twitter. I, I mean, it stung me the most, obviously, because it was the one loss. But this was the game that got away, you felt, from the Halos. But also, at the same time, could have been a loss uh, at the end of the ninth inning. You know, Angels were down to their final strike uh, with two outs. Justin Upton at the plate after a Mike Trout double, um, a two-out double as well. So you're thinking, oh, man, first two guys don't get on. It's Edwin Diaz. Like, yeah, Mike Trout's Mike Trout, but Edwin Diaz has been on fire. He's going to close this game out, and then we're going to go into Sunday's contest, uh, you know, to decide the series. That's what we ended up doing anyways, but at the time, you didn't know, know that. And before I get into the game, want to make sure that you guys know, as always, you want to sponsor the show, know someone that does. Hit me up, LockedOnAngels at gmail.com. Rate's always reasonable. Y'all in Orange County, Anaheim, hit me up, LockedOnAngels at gmail.com. You know, what I was proud about from Saturday's game was the fact that this team battled, man. And there are times when your bullpen isn't able to hold a lead. The Mariners' offense has done phenomenally. I believe they're hitting above 270 as a team in the seventh inning or later, which is a top three mark in Major League Baseball. These guys grind out at bats. And I'd argue that one through six, the Mariners' lineup is as good as any in baseball. When you have D. Gordon leading off, John Segura following him, Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Mitch Haniger, and Kyle Seeger in that top six, that is a lethal offense, and they have performed as such thus far. It's the reason why the Mariners are where they are to start the year, five games above 500, and nip it at the heels of the Angels in the AL West and the Houston Astros for that matter. But you're going to get in the, these types of games where your bullpen can't be completely lights out, and you're going to need your offense to go punch for punch, toe-to-toe -to -toe with the opposing team's offense. And I thought Saturday the Halo offense did just that. You know, you're down, what was it, 6-4 to four going into the top of the ninth. Um, it was Mike Zunino that gets the go-ahead two-run blast off of Justin Anderson. He finally faltered for the first time all, all season, which was coming. The dude couldn't be perfect, um, you know, the rest of the season. He's been a great story, still will continue to be. And I still think he's one of the better arms in the Halo bullpen. But, you know, Zunino, vaunted angel killer, uh, takes him to deep left. That happens. Then... What I think, what I was so proud of, or at least took great pride in and, and gave me a smile at the end of a tough loss, was top of the ninth, down by two, you know, two quick outs ahead of Mike Trout. I think it took Edwin Diaz five pitches to get those two outs. Very easy to just say, you know what, tip the cap to the Mariners, it's not our night, we'll just roll over here, it is what it is, move on to the next game Sunday, there's 162 of these, let's not wallow in sadness about this one, and that would have gone largely unnoticed, quite frankly, and Mike Trout hits the double, you're thinking, alright, there's your base runner, you got Justin Upton coming up, maybe he can get into one, two strikes on him as well, and Diaz 
leaves one out over the plate. Justin Upton takes him deep to center to tie the game. I went nuts uh, in the club level seats that we had. It was a phenomenal moment, especially with the entire crowd at its feet, expecting that the game would end right then and there. And then the rest of the way through, you're battling through at-bats in the 10th and 11th innings. Andrelton Simmons, what was that? In the top of the 11th inning with a runner on third, two outs, hits the little ground ball down the third baseline, sprints down the first baseline to beat it out and dives head first for the infield single in the go-ahead RBI at the time. That's awesome. That's what you want to see from your team is that constant battling mentality. And yes, the bullpen couldn't hold it. And I got a little ostracized on Twitter for this and putting it out. You know, yeah, it was a loss, but I left that game hard to be too upset at its outcome simply because of the battle showed in this team. You know, yes, there were three separate times where the Angels had leads. You got to close those out more often than not. And I think... uh, well, I even got a comment back that was like, this is the type of game that World Series contenders need to win. And I'd argue on the other side of that coin that this is the game that a World Series contender, a World Series contender never goes away. What was it with the Houston Astros offense during their run is that they always were able to put together a rally at the right moments. And I thought the Angels did just that. In Saturday's game, this was a game between two very good teams, two very evenly matched teams, in my opinion. Maybe the Angels a step ahead, and they certainly have been this season, and I think they will be moving forward, no doubt. But Seattle Mariners playing good baseball. There are no slouches over there, especially offensively. And I thought this was a perfect matchup, offense versus offense. And it was whose bullpen could get that final out with the lead intact. And it ended up being the Mariners, uh, or at least held the Angels to just one run in the 11th. And the Halo bullpen couldn't get it done. It happens. These games happen. Flush it away. It is what it is. Because then Sunday, you get your redemption. Angels win it 8-2. to two. And remember, a big moment when it was 6-2. to two, Bases loaded, I think it was one out in the bottom of the eighth inning or maybe even the seventh inning, and you get the double play to get out of the inning. Jose Alvarez toes the line and gets out of trouble. It was in the bottom of the seventh after the Mariners had already scored two runs. Big time, man. That's what you got. That's what you need. The bullpen comes through there. Redemption, but it's not going to be talked about because it ended up being an 8-2 to two game, and I get that. Not that close of a game, but at the same time, got to love the fight, got to love the hustle, got to love the heart that we saw all weekend long. I left very pleased with that, with few exceptions, um, watching this team firsthand. This team is for real. I I certainly left that way um, from this series in Seattle, thinking that this team can contend. Studs and duds of the weekend coming up. Uh, a lot of studs, a few duds to get to, but we'll make sure to get to all of them. We haven't even talked about Shohei Otani yet. Better believe he's going to be in the studs list. All right, guys, studs and duds of the weekend. Studs, studs and duds for the weekend that was. I'm going to start the studs and duds of the weekend with none other than Mike Trout. Mike Trout on the weekend, 9 for 14 against the Mariners, including a three-run moonshot in Sunday afternoon's 8-2 win. Uh, three-run shot that really proved to be the difference and kind of put the game out of reach at the time, though the Mariners did make a late rally 
Halo's added two late runs in the ninth as well, but that was really the turning point of the ball game. And not to be forgotten, you know, we talked about Mike Trout almost every single day on this show, but Chris Young, another stud of the weekend. You know, he has an RBI in extra innings, an RBI base hit on Saturday, even though that ended up being a loss. Chris Young, role player coming through. We're going to highlight that. Sunday's game has the solo shot in the second inning, along with Zach Cozart to give the Halos the early 2-0 lead. And then Chris Young... Let's not forget in that four-run sixth inning that gave the Angels a six, turned a two-nothing game into a six-nothing game. Chris Young is up with nobody on and two outs. Fouls a pitch where the sun don't shine in his nether regions. Took a while to to finally get back up and breathing again, but he ended up fine. Has a terrible swing on a on a th- what would have been or what was strike three in the dirt. Gets away from the catcher Zunino. Hustles up the first baseline. No throw. He's safe. What happens after that? You get the double by the catcher, Rene Rivera, to score Chris Young. The walk by Ian Kinsler. King Felix exits. In comes the Mariner bullpen. And Mike Trout promptly three-run bomb, putting the game out of reach. Chris Young, underrated and under-the-radar stud of the weekend, in my opinion. Justin Upton, he picks up hits in each of the three games as well. Um, Or... With the exception of Friday, though, he did score two runs after walking twice um, in Friday's game. That's where I got confused. But has the two-out, two-strike, two-run bomb to center to extend the game on Saturday. Um, And another solid effort, picking up another base hit on Sunday. Um, Justin Upton, stud of the weekend. Then pitching-wise, Garrett Richards and Shohei Otani, I thought, pitched phenomenally. And even Tyler Skaggs on Saturday. Had himself a pretty good start. Only ended up going five and a third innings before getting into some trouble. But giving up two earned, seven strikeouts against just one walk, six hits given up. I tell you what, if the Angels' threesome of Garrett Richards, Tyler Skaggs, and Shohei Otani pitches this season like they did this weekend, this is a Halos team that will be a force to be reckoned with all summer long because now you have a legitimate one, two, three with Richards, Otani, and Skaggs following up. What was the one thing that we mentioned that was a key for this? Or, I mean, we mentioned a lot of things when it came to the starting rotation uh, during spring training. But outside of Otani and Richards, those were your high-end guys. You needed one of Skaggs, Heaney, or Tropiano, or Shoemaker, I should say, to take the next step. One of those guys needed to take the next step in their progression and become a number three in the rotation. And I think Tyler Skaggs is starting to cement himself as the next best guy in that rotation, deservedly so, behind Otani and Richards. That is phenomenal, especially right now with the Angels' rotation right where it is. Hopefully Nick Tropiano can make his way back very soon from the disabled list. Um, Andrew Heaney and Jamie Berea scheduled to pitch against the Colorado Rockies Tuesday and Wednesday before a very long 11-game homestand for the Halos um, over the next week and a half. So uh, big games coming up, but those three Big-time studs from the weekend, Otani, Richards, and Skaggs. Duds of the weekend, I included Cole Calhoun, only plays on Friday, goes 0 for his average now sitting at 167. And that was a large part of the reason why Jabari Blash was called up um, ahead of Sunday afternoon's game. He gets the start in right field, picks up a late base hit in the ninth inning, one for four. He had an absolute shot. I think it was in that same at-bat in the ninth inning, 
a rocket blast down the left field line that ended up in the upper deck of Safeco Field, but it was, you know, about 15 to 20 feet foul, but oh, I let out a definitive, oh my gosh, when he unloaded on that pitch. Um, uh, and again, obviously it was considerably foul, but if the dude can uh, keep it between the foul poles, Jabari Blash has some, it has some, uh, the power is real with Jabari Blash, but he's played, I think, a right around 100 games at the major league level. There's a reason why he hasn't been able to stick around, despite very good minor league numbers all throughout his career, and that's been the case so far this season. Don't want to you know, completely discount him uh, so far uh, with the big league club, given that he's had just one start and four at-bats, but... Uh, just, I know we were all excited to see Jabari Blash. I was too. I will admit that. We talked about it extensively last week uh, on Tuesday's show in our Down on the Farm report because the dude was hitting right around 370 in Salt Lake, but hasn't put together put it together yet in his career at the major league level, but exciting to watch, especially because he's going to get some opportunities, I think, uh, with Cole Calhoun struggling. Chris Young uh, had a decent weekend, but still not asserting himself that, that he needs to be playing regularly. It's kind of a three-man race now for that right field spot. You know, left field was such a black hole for the Angels before Justin Upton, and now uh, I don't want to say we have one in right field, but those guys, those two guys struggling, Jabari Blash, he's got an inside track to some playing time if he can produce to the level that he's capable of, um, and that's largely due to Cole Calhoun struggling. The other guy, dud of the weekend, that stood out to me, Ian Kinsler on the weekend, one for 16. That is just simply not going to cut it as the leadoff hitter in this lineup. Two runs scored over the weekend, but uh, Ian Kinsler batting average now at 198 uh, on base percentage isn't there below 270. Uh, That's just not even going to cut it anywhere in the lineup, much less at the leadoff spot, which is why tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk about, you know, do the Angels think about moving Mike Trout to the leadoff spot? And if not Trout, what are some other candidates? How else can you reshape this lineup um, to make it work? Because Ian Kinsler right now, it's not happening. And, And granted, the Angels still were able to score, what was it, 21 runs in the three games. So it's not like it's affecting the performance of the entire lineup, but you simply can't have this type of lack of production from the leadoff spot in the order. Ian Kinsler has been in a tough stretch the last couple of weeks, and especially over the weekend, as I mentioned, one for 16. He never looked really comfortable in the batter's box. So that's something to monitor moving forward. So that was a little preview um, for tomorrow's episode to wrap up our studs and does the weekend and our weekend recap. It was an awesome weekend in Seattle, man. Uh, Kudos to Mariners fans. Uh, Most Seattle fans that Emily and I chatted with and bumped into and shared stories and experiences with, y'all were awesome. There were uh, uh, very, very few exceptions. Um, I think I put out a couple on Twitter. It is what it is, man. Every fan base uh, has, you know, one or two of those type, or or a handful of those types of people. It is what it is. and, yeah, there's nothing more to say about it. But, by and large, Seattle, Safeco, you guys get a chance to go out there and watch a ball game. Highly recommend it. The people are awesome. Very nice. No one's booing you and giving you the finger as you're walking around in your angel gear. In fact, Emily wore uh, one of those foam. She's got a foam Mike Trout fish hat, you know, the big 
obnoxious one. Got a ton of compliments actually from Mariner fans and a ton of smiles. It was actually very cool to see. I thought for I, I thought a little bit going in, I was a little anxious. I thought she was gonna get a lot of shit for wearing it from Mariners fans, like jesting her and whatnot. But no, actually a lot of positive feedback. She was stoked about it all weekend. Um, the low light for her on the weekend was definitely the fried grasshoppers. If you guys haven't seen the video, check it out. Her reaction is priceless. Because I should mention just to get her to eat that grasshopper was like pulling teeth. I had my I hadn't about four or five myself they just weren't my thing they weren't they weren't they weren't bad but they weren't fantastic either i wouldn't order them again but it was an experience thing wanted to try them she doesn't eat seafood period like she's not picky but she's very particular at times she knows what she likes knows what she doesn't and trust me the mental hurdle for her getting over eating an insect was large and i i was surprised that i was able to to commandeer that chasm and get her just to try one i made sure to catch it on tape to have it forever but uh no it was an awesome weekend man seattle was awesome now back to work but uh thank you again mariners fans angels take care of business that's gonna do it for this monday's episode as always guys you can follow me on twitter at other pat zajac follow the show on twitter that's most important at locked on angels subscribe rate review itunes stitcher spotify google play anywhere podcasts are played we are there all right get your week started guys angels have an off day we'll be back tomorrow talking the leadoff spot in the angels order and you're down on the farm report for tuesday's show take it easy i gotta get out of here peace